Hey, Elijah. Hi. Have you ever been scared? Oftentimes. Good. Most of the time. <laughs> tonight, on the first ever episode of So Long and Good Night, we're going to talk about fear. I'm scared to do this, and also I'm scared most of the time. Excellent. Me too. Uh, I've been called a scaredy cat a lot in my life, so. Same. What we're going to talk about uh, with fear, we're going to talk about what, you know, basically we'll give the description of what fear is. We'll talk about the different types of fears. And then I just got some uh, questions that we can bounce back and forth to each other and, you know, just kind of be open about our fears, things we've been fearful of in the past, future, present, whatever it may be. So you ready? I am very ready and moderately scared. Hey, there it is. For those listening to our first ever episode, thank you so much. I thought we should both take a second and just introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Sean, Sean Lamont, and this is Elijah, Elijah Arnold. You may know us from our other podcasts that we do about football, the Joint Practices Podcast. Basically, how this podcast became to be was Elijah and I were oftentimes waiting for our co-host on our other show, Steve, and we just started recording random conversations and calling it late to practice. And over time, Steve has been on time every single week, so we had all these cool ideas to talk about, and we've just never had a chance to. So um, me and Elijah decided to sit down and start a different podcast, not about football. Yeah. Uh, I joined your football podcast like a year and a half ago. Thank you for having me. As I say every time, like I'm not an integral part anymore. Um, <laughs> and a lot of times I would find myself trying to divert the conversation to things that had nothing to do about football. Um, and you oftentimes all were very kind in letting me run episodes up to 90 minutes with 45 of the minutes being about not football. Uh, we've decided to maybe make something a little more structured where it's not just uh, crazy runaway things. So I'm excited to try it. Um, I'm sure Steve will be on it sometimes. But yeah, I'm scared to do this. So I think it's pretty fitting that our first episode is about fear. Um, Sean, do you know what fear is? Um, I do, actually. Do you have the dictionary definition right in front of you by I, chance? I absolutely do. Fear, an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined. Fear can be healthy. It is programmed into your nervous system and gives you the survival instincts you need to keep yourself safe from danger. Fear is unhealthy when it makes you more cautious than you really need to be to stay safe and when it prevents you from doing things you would otherwise enjoy. So with that you know, definition in your mind right there, an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined, is where we're going to start because the idea for this podcast came to me uh, just a few weeks ago. I went outside going to work. I look up at my garage and we live in the state of Maine. I look up at the roof of my garage. There's three feet of snow up there. And first thing I think of is, ugh we have to shovel the roof okay what i did not think about in my mind before i got myself into the situation was 
we've had nothing but ice leading up to this. So like a wise guy, I let my kids play in the yard. My wife is snow blowing or get the snowblower ready to, you know, snow blow everything I shovel off, put a ladder up to the garage. I climbed up. I have my wife heave up the shovel to me and I start, you know, at the very top of the garage, you know, the very top of the pitch, whatever you want to call it. And I start pushing it down, pushing it down. And then I get to the edge and I'm like, Ooh, this is all shingle, black shingles. And it's very slick now. Cause I'm down to bare ice. So I'm about two feet away from the edge and I just kind of use my right hand, push the snow down. And then I realize I can't climb back up cause it's all ice. So I have to like flop over into the snow. I haven't shoveled climb back up. And I do this all the way down to the edge of the garage. And I get the last bit and then I realize I'm about three feet from the edge of the garage falling off the roof type of situation. And I can't get back up cause I've shoveled all the snow off and it's all ice. And right in that moment, I don't know how it happened or why, but my brain just went haywire. I was so scared that I was going to fall off the roof. It's probably eight feet down into the snow I just pushed off. So <laughs> if I fall, it's not going to be that big a deal. But my heart was beating out of my chest. I like scooched down to my knees and I clinched onto the side of the garage, like the side of the roof, let yep. the shovel fall. And I started screaming for my wife to get the <laughs> ladder. I was freaking out. I was like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. I don't know why, but I was so scared. And I like the fear overwhelmed me that rational thinking was gone. I could not process until I heard the ladder click you know, hit against the roof. And then from that point, you know, I'm on my stomach. Like, how do I get down the lat? Like, so I had to like slide down a little like shimmy. Then I grabbed the roof real tight, stop moving. So I wouldn't slide off. Literally had to have my wife hold my feet until I could feel them on the rung of the ladder. It's hilarious now, right? Like it, I can I see you laughing. Like I'm laughing with you, but in the moment, like, even when my feet were on the ladder, I was still like, I took three steps on the ladder and I was on the ground. That's how like, <laughs> I wasn't that high up, but for some reason, the fear was so intense and overwhelming that I was going to fall off the roof. And that's how this idea for this, because I started thinking about all the other types of fear when I've been that scared before, the last time I was that scared before, and we'll talk about situations like that coming up, but that situation i don't know what it was but it was paralyzing fear so i get just clammy thinking about being on a roof uh at all regardless of the winter or summer or anything i had a friend uh, that redid our roof here and i told him i was scared of heights and he said well you can probably just get up on your garage because that's only you know what nine feet middle of summer no wind nothing and i started i was like you're you're right i could do it i'm a man but I started to climb the ladder and I got where my head was like just about roof level. And again, just a regular, just a regular garage, nothing, you know, nothing special. And uh, he's like, you're doing so good. And I keep going and I get the waist up about to, to roof level. And then my legs just didn't work anymore. And I was like, Nope, I'm done. I'm headed back down. <laughs> so I completely understand it because there are things where you, it just doesn't make sense. Now there are times it does make sense. And it's like, Oh yes. Well, uh, that's a very rational fear, 
for me, heights is not a rational fear either. You did a better job than I would have. Uh, I wouldn't have got up there to begin with. Uh, my most recent thing was fear uh, was actually last night. And there's, I think, eight types of fear that we'll lay out. And I think last night I hit panic, which is one of them. Uh, so don't know if you guys have been watching the news at all, but it turns out that uh, a guy with a bunch of nuclear weapons is invading another country. So I was reading the news about how things don't go very well for uh, uh, Mr. Vladimir. Like uh, he threatened to nuke the world with nuclear weapons. And while I'm reading this and kind of going down into a spiral of, of, uh, of uh, the thought of uh, Armageddon, end of days, whatever biblical passage you like. Um, for the first time ever on my phone, I uh, ever, I got a emergency warning uh, uh, message. My phone starts buzzing and there's a big red X on it. And it's <laughs> like, take cover. And I was like, well, this is it. Vlad's got us. And I have an absolute moment of panic or maybe horror or terror. I don't know. I was really scared. And then I looked and it's like, yeah, there's going to be a snow squall in your area. <laughs> and I was like, we've had a lot of snow squalls in our area. And never once was I reading about probable nuclear action when you sent the messages about it. So, yeah, that was mine. That was last night. And I didn't sleep very well. That is totally understandable. I mean, I was just standing in the kitchen when that snow squall thing went off and I was like, what is that noise? I've never heard it before. I've never seen it before. So you mentioned irrational versus rational fear. And I just want to throw out there, irrational fear, you know, is, can also be known as phobias. You know, it's a fear of a certain thing or a situation. Someone with a phobia can experience intense anxiety when they're exposed to this thing or situation, or sometimes if they just even think about it. And it can be anything from like, I literally saw earlier that there's a phobia. I wish I would have wrote down the name, but like people have a fear of pencils. Right. That is an irrational fear. Um, breaking down like fears in general through a little bit of research we did for the show. Uh, basically, fear can be broken down into eight different types. I'll just list them out from the lowest intensity to the highest intensity. You have trepidation nervousness, anxiety, dread, desperation, panic, horror, and then terror. I'm sure most of these we've all felt at one time or another in our life. Everybody is different. Obviously, everybody handles different you know, situations. However, their serotonin levels allows them to. Most of us, I would assume, have dealt with anxiety at some point in our life. And I never realized that until doing this, you know, research for the show that anxiety was a type of fear, but it does make sense when you think about it. Like when I have a, an anxiety attack, what I'm feeling is like, you know, I'm scared of something. I'm worried about something. For sure. So when I have any sort of anxiety or panic attacks, which is something I've had for the last, I don't know, how old am I? 17. No, I'm 37. So like uh, 20 odd years. Uh, it is an overwhelming sense of dread that comes on virtually instantly for almost no reason at all. Uh, so it hits a lot of the different fear things. Uh, anxiety, dread, horror, terror, panic. Uh, you can experience more than one type of fear at a time, uh, which is super fun. Uh, 
or you can just have a little trepidation. You can just have a little uh, a little nervousness where you're just kind of like, mm, I don't like this so much. And then you can have absolutely uh, crippling existential dread where you don't want to move or think or do anything in the world. So fear is pretty cool. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's it's like a universal language. Like it doesn't matter where you're from in the world what language you speak what you it look doesn't like. even matter what species you are <laughs> You're exactly fear affects us all and uh i just want to open up the conversation and like you talked about your uh battle with anxiety uh you know panic attacks and like how does fear affect your daily life so a bunch of ways uh, there is the normal human way that everyone experiences. Um, I would, uh, when you're driving, there is some, no matter how minute, fear of getting in a car accident, right? So you're going to drive not like a maniac, although some people apparently don't have that fear. You've seen it. <laughs> yeah. um, Too often. There is, you know, fear of... Fear is a real driving force. I mean, there's fear of, I can't provide for my family if I don't do a good job at work. So now I'm in here busting my butt at work. Um, for some people, such as myself, fear sometimes comes on instantly and without reason. Uh, one of my greatest hits um, is when I am almost asleep and then I will pop out of bed and I will suddenly be across the house and I have no reason to do it other than if I don't, I'll die. And I, <laughs> afterwards, I know that's not true, right? <laughs> afterwards, when I settle down and I find myself on the couch firing up another uh, uh, episode of, I don't know, Friends. I don't even like Friends. That's a bad example. Uh, but uh, after I run across the house and I settle down and everything normalizes, I say, oh, you're fine. Why, are you, why aren't you in bed with your wife? And it's because, oh, you had a panic attack and you sprinted across the house like a maniac. Uh, so there's good fear, there's bad fear, there's paranoia. Uh, it is something that virtually all living things experience. Again, without fear, we would all be dead. Yeah, yeah. scary to think about. Yeah, if you, what if you weren't scared of, I don't know, uh, what if you weren't scared of car accidents and you just drove to work at a thousand miles, like just redlining in your Honda Civic, <laughs> just down I-95 and you're just weaving in and out of traffic. And then you wrote like, how long are you going to last a day, a week? If that, you know, um, what if you weren't scared of lions and you just went on a safari and you went and hugged a lion, <laughs> just walked up and punched a lion in the face. You're like, what's up Mufasa. I'm the <laughs> king of the jungle now, which is yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. It's nope. like who? I, I killed Mufasa, but it was like Mufasa killed you. So yeah, if you weren't scared of lions, so you would be yeah. lunch. You'd be lunch, <laughs> and it'd be like Elton John would have to write a whole another song for the Lion King on Broadway, and that would just drastically change the course of history, causing the butterfly effect, and who knows what would happen. That'll be the next episode, the butterfly effect. <laughs> but we don't do it on the actual butterfly effect. We just have a bunch of butterflies on and we talk about how nice they make us feel. All right. Yeah. Deal. Stay tuned. Now, for me, uh, kind of like what you had said at the beginning there, how fear affects my daily life is 
I have this almost crippling at times anxiety, fear that I won't be able to provide for my wife and my children. And now my puppy. I'm not a dog person. Now I have a dog. So we'll get to that another time. But like, honestly, when I'm at work and I hear, you know, over the intercom, they'll say like, hey, everyone, we're looking for volunteers for overtime. I will get this guilt in my stomach. Like, if you don't sign up and take some of that overtime, you're not doing everything you can for your family. That's easy money. You're already here. Just do it. Like, That's daily. That's thing where daily. fear helps you succeed. I wish I had that. Uh, I don't work something where we're offered overtime. Uh, but if I was, knowing myself, I would say, see ya. <laughs> I'm going home to play board games with the kid. So, yeah, I get that, though. Well, that's just that's just a you know one way i do have the driving dread too when i see like people pass me on the left and i'll just look down and be like hey i'm doing 10 over oh yeah and if you you're driving over, like an asshole if i, I can't take 10 it over i am fucking flying <laughs> i'm a i'm a four to five over type of guy and it uh, drives everyone in my life crazy yes me too i will set the gps three miles an hour over the speed limit yeah, not the yeah. GPS. <laughs> I understood what you're saying. I wouldn't cruise you on control the first episode. <laughs> oh uh, Jesus! Same, uh, same. Cruise it down the highway, seventy going seventy three, sixty five going sixty eight. And yeah. everyone's like, "Why is it taking so long?" It's because I want to get you there alive, friend. Exactly. Rules, and uh, I believe this rules are made for a reason. Yeah. I recently, like. Two days ago, driving home from my in-laws, had this, not argument, but elevated conversation with my wife where she was like, it's not safe to do the speed limit. You have to do what the flow of traffic is doing. I mean, it's a 55 mile an hour zone through the Garden State Parkway, and I have it set to 65, and I'm getting absolutely blown by, by all three other lanes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing 10 over. I'm uncomfortable doing it that much over the speed limit and if these guys don't care if they die that's on them but i care if everyone in this car stays alive so we're gonna go ahead and stay where we are just keep cranking you'll get there everyone else can chill out exactly follow the rules that's the real takeaway from this podcast is follow the rules somebody made that speed limit for a reason there was safety yeah. in mind when they made that speed limit and they were engineers and scientists. So um, just to bounce off from that one, what are some irrational fears you have? And if you need a second to think of it, I'll give you mine right now because I have the most irrational fear of mice. I okay. hate little thing creatures that move and scurry. I okay. will freak out when I see them at work. If they are in my house, like we have an old farmhouse. So, you know, we have mouse traps set up in like sure. attics and whatnot. If we get a mouse, my wife has to take care of it because I literally can't handle it. Mine, the first that comes to mind is similar, but not exactly the same. Mine is snakes. Um, I don't like if, snakes either. If you don't like them, but mine, like, I will go sprint, like, 
I will go sprinting across the yard if there's uh, so we live in Maine. There's no dangerous snakes at all. We have zero dangerous snakes. <laughs> Any snake I see is not dangerous. At worst, it's friendly, probably. And I, if I saw any of them, will go sprinting. I'll leave my son behind. I'll go sprinting <laughs> across the yard. I, the, I cannot deal with them in any sense. If one were to suddenly like slither across my path, you would see just a paranoid, panic attacked Elijah just sprinting across the yard with no regard for the speed limit at all. Now the speed limit doesn't exist. Now I'm jumping into my car and I'm <laughs> peeling down, going 90 down the highway because there was a fucking snake in our old house before we sold it. I drove in one day and the garage door was open and I saw a snake slither through the garage and I didn't go in the garage for six months. Hey, that is completely understandable because I don't like to go in the attic because we killed the mouse last year. Yeah. I'm still not going in there. I'll be like, hey, babe, can you pull my clothes bin out for me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want actually. I, I'm good. So a, a lifetime ago. I was in an apartment with an old girlfriend and she comes in one night and wakes me up. She goes, Oh my God, wake up. I'm like, what the fuck? She goes, there's a mouse. I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> You're the man. Kill it. And at the time, God, I was probably 23. And I, and like those words hit me hard. I was like, you're right. I'm the man. I'll take care of you now. I'm like, yeah, you're, you know, uh, everyone's equal. You, you can take care of the mouse. Uh, but back then I was like, yeah, you're right. So I get up, I go in the living room. It's, it's pretty dark. Uh, we put a nightlight in and I sit on the couch and I've got a golf club and I'm just waiting. <laughs> and I sit there for probably 20 minutes and then I see the mouse start creeping across the living room. And I thought to myself in that moment, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you in bed right now? You could be in bed asleep. This poor mouse is just walking across the living room. And because this girlfriend's here telling you you need to murder this mouse, you're up sitting on the couch in the dark with a golf club ready to attack it. <laughs> so I let the mouse go and I went back to bed and that girl and I broke up the next week. Hey, the mouse knew something. Hashtag just, mouse power. He's just helping you out. I have a similar experience with a mouse. Uh, my wife and I were at my mom and stepdad's house and, uh, you know, we were staying there. Mom and stepdad are gone. It's just the two of us. I think uh, my oldest daughter might have been just a baby. So she's just over one years old. And I go into the cabinet to get a snack. You know, watching a movie, I want a snack. And I open the cabinet. And eye level shelf, I literally see a mouse on top of a package. Literally stop and turn its head at me. And I, you know, back to the fear thing, right? Full circle. I was so scared. I slammed the closet door, sprinted, and I mean, if this was the combine, I had a 13-foot broad jump, dude, right onto the couch, and I was standing up on the arm of the couch, and my wife's like freaking, what are you going, what's wrong, what's wrong? Like, there's a mouse, there's a mouse, there's a mouse in there, and like I'm watching the closet door, and I see the bottom, because it was like a gap, you know, two inches or so, right out the door right under the cabinet up like under where the sink would be in the kitchen and i'm like that motherfucker 
And I just happened to look at the floor and we had some baseballs we had gotten from freaking Red Sox batting practice. And I stood on the back of that couch. I don't know. must have been a half an hour with a baseball. And every time the mouse poked its head out, I would fuck 80 miles an hour heave that thing at the mouse. I never hit the thing. Never came close. But I tried forever. I was going to kill a mouse with a baseball that night. And I would not get off that couch for anything. Yeah, man. I, I think really the the story here is that mice just don't want us to relax. Mice should be on this list here. Apparently. <laughs> Types of fear, nine of them. Trepidation, nervousness, anxiety, dread, desperation, panic, horror, terror, and mice. <laughs> Worse than terror, it's mice. Yeah, exactly. It's gotta... <laughs> no, it's the furthest down for sure. So those eight types of fear you just listed, um, just to push the conversation along, just maybe pick a couple of them. And like, when was the last time you experienced those different types of fear? Why don't you, I think you should pick a type for me and I'll tell you. All right. How about this? Uh, you already told us the panic story from. Yep. For sure. Uh, how about horror? Horror. Oh, man. Horror is a tough one because it's very far down on the list of fear. It's the um, second most intense type of fear. And just for the people listening, um, if you hear horror and terror and you can't really, you know, you're like, what's what's the difference? Horror is kind of like the before an action happens that you're scared of or fearful of. And terror is the result of that action. So like so this one the best way I heard. Go ahead. No, the best way I heard it explained to me was like if a guy walks into a, you know, building with a suicide bomb and goes off, you wouldn't call him a horrorist. He's a terrorist because of the action, like the aftermath of the action. Okay. I think this might be on the borderline of panic and horror. It's pretty close. Uh, so... It's probably what three weeks ago my wife and i and brother-in-law and friend we were out at uh, having drinks on a friday night my son had been shipped off to his grandmother's as he oftentimes has been without any issues at all and uh i got a text from my mom and it said william broke his leg he's okay uh heading somewhere and i like i read it it was sent to both me and my wife my wife saw me read it. She looked at her phone. She saw we immediately stand up. I've lost it at this point. My wife turns to our, our friends and my brother-in-law and says, we got to go. And I start leaving. You know, they'll settle our bar tab. They'll do all that. We weren't worried about that. Uh, and then I got a follow-up message from my mom that said, ha ha, William wanted me to send that to you. He thought it would be funny. <laughs> so we go back inside. I immediately text her a very strongly worded message. My wife calls her to tell her how upset I was. <laughs> because sometimes jokes aren't funny. So she's sitting there with an eight-year-old and they're just fucking cackling to each other about how funny it is that they just told me he broke his leg and i was on my way like i was a couple drinks in too like i was on my they were an hour away i was like we're gonna speed through the hills of western maine in horror or panic and uh 
And then it turns out it wasn't real. And they thought it was pretty fucking funny. And I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's messed up. Yep. That's when I hit horror. I was horrified that my mother would do that to me. <laughs> is what I was. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, when's the last time you felt trepidation? I'm starting real low. Just like, we, do you just like have a minor inconvenience today? I mean, no. <laughs> I got nothing. Day. All right. That's a good nah, day. It was a pretty good day. I mean, all right. Yeah. Hung up some baby gates, keep the dog in, and smart. So you're not a dog person and you have a dog. I'm not a dog person and I have real dread about someone trying to make me get a dog. My wife and I, this coming July, will have been married 11 years. For 10 and a half years, my wife has been begging me to get a dog. Yeah. I have never been a dog person. I had a dog a couple times when I was a kid. One of them got a pretty nasty bite on my calf because I had restless leg, have restless leg syndrome. And, you know, my legs just bounced it under the kitchen table and the dog <laughs> latched right on. Jesus. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I've never been a dog person. I've never wanted a dog. I hate the smell of, like, dog poop. It's, <laughs> like, there's nothing, like. Most of us don't enjoy it. There's nothing like weirder to me than like people just flipping a plastic bag inside out and picking up their dogs like human sized monster logs and just waving it around as they continue to walk around the block. I'm just like, that woman is carrying a bag of shit around the neighborhood and everybody's just like, hey, Margaret, and hey, how you doing? I love the dog. Dude, it's weird to me. Like I, one of the stipulations for getting the dog was I'm not in charge of poop i'm not i'll take the dog out you are going to be so in charge of poop the dog poops in the lawn fine someone else is cleaning that poop up i'm not the pooper scooper so anyways i've I, this is a funny story if you'll allow me to tell it real quick because yeah go ahead lately the the dog situation in the house has ramped up my youngest daughter arabella is an animal lover any type of animal she don't care so she has no fear with animals she will walk up and stick her hand in its mouth face whatever she doesn't care she will pick things up just pet them it's wild like she's she didn't get that from me and she's just i want a dog i want a dog and like we asked her what she wants for her birthday and she said a fence why does she want a fence because i told her we couldn't get a dog until we had a fence Okay. A seven-year-old asked for a fence for her freaking birthday. I'm just like, oh, oh man. So She's my wife, yeah, my wife has been, you know, we're going to have to get a dog eventually. Your girls want a dog. They need a dog. They need a pet. We've been going through it. And then recently we're just, it was February vacation. We're going down to visit my in-laws and my sister-in-law who lives down in that area was like sending me like, Ooh, this dog's available for adoption. Ooh, this one's up. This puppy's available. And I'm like, is my wife putting you up to this? Like, what's going on here? And so, yes, we saw this, like, uh, adoption for this little, like, cattle dog mix or whatever. It was, like, 400 bucks or whatever for an adoption. And I was like, 
I had previously said the only dog I would ever get would be a Dalmatian because I'm a Disney guy. I love Disney. 101 Dalmatians. Boom. That's the dog I want. The, it was like the day before we're going on our trip down to my in-laws in Virginia. Sends me a message and she's like, the dog people have uh, two males and a female. And I just, I broke. I was at work. I was like, you know what? Call them. And she's like, are you serious? Oh my God, I'm crying right now. Aww. So so I FaceTime her. And she's literally in prompto, hysterical, bawling her eyes out. And she's like, I'm so happy. Oh my God, are you sure? Are you serious? I was like, yep. I said, yes, like just get your dog. And what I didn't realize was she was talking about a Dalmatian puppy that someone had posted on like a Facebook adoption thing or whatever. And it was 1200. So I said yes, thinking we were getting a $400 puppy. <laughs> but I had said yes to a $1200 Dalmatian. And I was like, Woo! Oh, I can't say no now. I already said yes. So I was like, you know what? I said yes. Let's do it. Whatever. Make That's the girls fear about that price tag. Yeah. So we didn't tell the girls either. The best part about this, we picked it up from a Clydesdale farm in Maryland that happened to be like five minutes away from my wife's best friend. So we played it off that we're going to visit Auntie Alyssa. And then as we're leaving, it was like, oh, mommy bought something on Facebook. We got to pick it up. And, you know, that's very mommy. So they believed it. And we get there and these, it was like three uh, kids and a mom and they're walking us through and they're like, yeah, they're in here. And I whispered to the lady, I was like, the girls don't know why we're here. She's like, oh, okay. So we went in. She goes, you guys want to see some puppies? And the girl's like, yeah. So we went in and they let the, the female puppy out. And I looked down at him. I said, that's a cool puppy, huh? And they're like, yeah, oh, my God. I was like, how about we take it home? And, you know, ah, dad of the year. Ah. So long story short, we now have a Dalmatian puppy named Freya. Freya. Yep. Okay. We I watched mean... a lot of Vikings. Yeah. Uh that's a good puppy name that's a good puppy price yeah but compared to the forty two hundred dollars I, I was like okay i guess i mean why not the girls are happy everybody's happy and you know what the little puppy sits in my lap and falls asleep and it's the coolest thing in the world but that is the coolest thing in the i world. still am not picking up its poop that's an irrational fear of mine <laughs> mices and poops those are good irrational fears you know we all have our fears about different things irrational or otherwise i wanted to kind of ask you because i have some instances for myself but like how has fear affected your parenting oh a lot yeah and like I, as in like yeah. helping your child deal with fears as well yeah i don't know if i'm good at it uh i i believe the term is helicopter parent i am fully aware that i am one of those things um but it doesn't stop me from being it. So I send uh, I send the child off with my parents. He goes to his other grandparents, you know, all that type of stuff. When I'm around, I am irrationally alert to what might go wrong with the child. Um, he's also a nervous child, so I've been trying to back off on it some and not seem so terrified of the world. But the second that he was born, I was like, oh, I have one job now, and it's to keep this child alive. And I've taken it very seriously. Some might say too seriously, though he's still alive, so doing pretty good. Um, yeah, 
when he's playing with other kids, I'm always watching when he's doing anything like, yeah, I am a helicopter parent. Um, he is nervous in a very childlike way. He's scared of he's scared of being in trouble. He's scared of the dark. He's scared of all of these things. I have tried to shield him from any sort of worldview currently in terms <laughs> of uh, the terrible things worldwide. I mean, he knows who the first president was. He knows, you know, the pilgrims. He knows basic things of 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 uh the world and science and nature and all of these things he's no idea where ukraine is or what's going on there so that's good for now you know i don't know asteroids yet i assume he will when he goes to astronomy when he watches armageddon with bruce willis <laughs> or deep impact with morgan freeman it's amazing to me those came out the same year um but yeah like i've tried to shield him from as much as possible and it might not serve him well in coming years, but we'll open it up slowly to him. We're kind of on the same wavelength as parents because I'm the same way with my girls. Like we have, we have a swing set outside and I will, I will be afraid to not be in eyesight. Like I remember when I was a kid, we get on the swing set and we would try to see how far we could jump off. Yeah. And now I stand there. I'm like too high, too high. Too, too high too high slow 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 easy slow slow that's one of the things i say to him most is like hey slow slow down slow <laughs> it down i caught myself today telling telling my daughters not to run in the house like when i was a kid we used to have R royal rumbles in the house we would play indoor hockey in the house like we would have obstacle courses where we'd have to do like flips off the bed into a pile of cardboard boxes <laughs> but here I am terrified that my girl might trip over the rug and skin her, her knee up, you know? I don't yeah. know if that's considered an irrational fear, but I don't know. I don't, let, I don't know how you would classify this, but like, I am so scared that my girls are going to get hurt and feel pain. Like, I don't want them to ever be hurt. I don't want them to ever feel pain. Yeah. I think. I think I know that at some point in William's life, he is going to be unhappy and he's going to be hurt. I would just like to be dead when that happens. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm going to push that off for as long as I can. Um, I feel bad for uh, my son's first girlfriend or boyfriend um, because they are going to come in and not necessarily from me. I, I, so for me, that's more of a natural, like, all right, uh, his stepmother and mother are going to look at whatever person comes in. They're going to be like, so first off, new person, you are in no way good enough for <laughs> my son slash stepson. You're a piece of shit. You come from a terrible family. Get out of here. And uh, uh, so I do feel bad for that, that young person. But uh, uh, they'll, that person, that Whoever comes in, I, I don't know. He'll be 16, 18, 26. Who gives a shit? Um, that person will feel fear because they'll see just two scary white women just staring them down like with some real mom energy. Uh, it's going to be like a recreation of that scene from, was it Bat Boys 2? Will Smith and Martin Lawrence meet the daughter's boyfriend at the door. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Except... Usually it's the opposite, right? Usually it's the uh, 
the dad sitting what's the what's the old thing dad sitting there in the living room shining his shotgun yeah. up <laughs> clean like, his gun God, oh. and for this one it's <laughs> going to be the opposite like this probably very nice young lady will come over and there'll just be two women there like he will never love you like he loves us you're gonna break Ever. a wine bottle against the exactly. wall and stick it under his chin <laughs> exactly if you break his heart you will never have brunch in this town against me <laughs> ever <laughs> oh, i love it all right full circle right the whole episode we you know around fear and different types of fear how it affects us but like let's take this final question you could start if you want like have you ever overcome a fear and if you have like how did you do it have i overcome a fear usually i i, I mean knee-jerk reactions no they're they're pretty much running my life. But if I thought more in depth about it, have I overcome a fear? I've got a very sad one that I've overcame or not even overcame. It's still there, but I've become more functional with it. Uh, I can now call places on the phone and it's very sad. But my big victory today was I called to make a reservation for dinner at our favorite restaurant and I did it. And it was fine. And then my wife texted me and said, there's terrible traffic. I think we're going to be a little late. And for the first time ever, without like getting super intense, I said, okay, I'll call the place and tell them we're going to be 10 minutes late. And I did. And the lady answered the phone. She said, we're at a restaurant. And I said, hi, I have a reservation at six o'clock. And um, my wife just calls me. She's stuck in traffic. Um, is it okay if we're like 10 minutes late and I'm begging this employee that like, she doesn't give a shit. She's working <laughs> there no matter what. And I'm like, can we please be 10 minutes late? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. She was nicer than that. But she was like, wait, you're just going to be 10 minutes late. And I was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, Oh, Oh, thank you so much. She's like, what is wrong with you? No one cares. So that was my big fear. I got over today. I called uh, about being late. Um, totally understandable i hate talking on my phone i hate talking to literally anybody on the phone <clears throat> my lunch breaks i won't call my family i'll facetime them i don't know something about talking on the phone and like it's weird i don't like yeah. it. it makes me feel uncomfortable i feel like i have to keep talking for some reason just keep rolling yeah it's this is weird I, I totally understand the talking on the phone thing um fear that i've had to overcome it's kind of wild because you know if you know anything about my past um for nine plus years i was a musician the lead singer of a band i would get up on stage and sing in front of hundreds of people sometimes thousands in a couple instances <clears throat> pat on the back right i could not speak in front of people let alone sing and perform most notable um <clears throat> when i knew that i really had to like if i wanted to pursue music as a career i knew i had to find a way to like get over that fear i was you know i had a fear of failing i had a fear of you know singing off key you know squeaking my voice or something you know <clears throat> i had all these things they were like it was basically crippling anxiety 
like I could sing in band practice in the top of the barn, just the five of us, you know, goofing off, acting like idiots. For some reason, like the thought of like, even like I was mostly in charge of booking our shows and early on we'd get show offers and I would like try to find an excuse not to take it. I guess Steve, Steve wouldn't be able to get that off of work. We can't play. And it was like, our first show we ever did was in a place called Dover Foxcroft, Maine. It was a battle of the bands. The first show was canceled because of a huge snowstorm. So, you know, I got out of it there. They rescheduled it. And we played that show. And I couldn't tell you what one person in that crowd was wearing because I don't think I turned around ever. <laughs> and then... We played a show way closer to home, and uh, Steve's mom was dating this guy, Greg, at the time. Greg, <laughs> anybody, uh... who, anybody who knows Steve knows Greg, right? Greg's character. So Greg, like, videotapes the performance or whatever, our show, and then afterwards he's like, dude, you got to turn around and face the audience. The whole entire set, I stood there with my foot on the bass drum singing to our drummer. And it was that moment I knew, like, hey, you're going to have to find a way to get over this. And I don't, I think it was just my determination to be a musician, to be like, I want to be on the radio. I want to tour. I want people to love my music that I like just sucked it up with the next bigger, bigger ish show we played. I just, I'm going to do this. I, and then I turn around and the first like 30 seconds of the first song, you know, butterflies, nervous. And then I was just like, wow, this is the same as if I face that way, except I'm facing this way. And then after They'll that, I hate you either way. I started it's getting, you know, just... as time went on, I'm like singing to people I never have met before, sticking a mic in their face, you know, hugging these people after the show, taking pictures. And it was just became like second nature. And now that I think about it, it was like, it's kind of a silly thing to be, you know, fearful of, but it really crippled me for a while. And it's one of the things that I'm kind of proud of because it's a story that I can tell my girls whenever they're scared of something like, hey, I used to be scared, too. And this is what I did. And fear. Fear. The episode. Like, these are all the things... You know, we took one little topic like fear and made it however long we've been chatting here. Like, it, I don't know, that moment on the roof really produced <laughs> a lot of things in my head. And I'm kind of glad we got to sit down and just talk about something that we all experience. Yes, thank you for having me. That moment when my mom texted me that my son's leg was broken really produced a lot of thoughts, too. <laughs> mostly about how terrible she is. <laughs> Shout out, mom, if you're listening. What up, mom? Wrapping up our first ever episode on fear. If you want to join in the conversation, you can hit us up on Twitter at SlagPod, S-L-A-G-P-O-D. Let us know what you're afraid of, what fears you might have or not have, and, you know, join in the conversation. If you have any ideas for topics for upcoming episodes, that's a good way to hit us up as well. And thank you guys for uh, giving us a shot and listening to the first episode. Yeah, thank you so much. Let us know if your mother's ever texted you that uh, your child's broken their leg when they haven't. All right. Until next time, so long. And good night.